And uh, we're on. Chad Hawkins from uh, uh, Pedigo. Welcome, man. Awesome to have you on. I appreciate being here. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. So, what's up? How are you doing? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm tired. I've, uh, I drove to Florida twice this month. So, uh, somewhere around 70-something hours of driving in the last uh, two weeks. Mm. Not, not so fun, right? Seminars or... Uh, 70 hours total, so it's it's a 15-hour drive down and a 15-hour drive back, and then, you know, driving around Orlando is horrible. Oof. Have you been doing seminars there, or what do you do? Uh, so I hosted my King of the Mat there the first week, um, which is a new format tournament that we're trying to kind of get to go live. Um, we've done about 10 events now, and then, um, and then I went back for the kids' pans, and I, I competed in the Orlando Open, uh, just because if I, anytime I'm anywhere i'm gonna do a tournament you know like i don't see the point to go somewhere and if they're doing a tournament not to not to be part of that yeah why not right it's uh it's always fun to compete it's, it's good for the it's, it's good for anything you know it's, it's good for experience it's good to like dust the thing off you i competed a lot it's good to just dust uh, dust it off and just go there and compete no matter if you win or lose it's it's good to compete anyway i love it sad that I still get nervous before every competition. Yeah, me but, too. Me too. <laughs> me too, man. But at least it's not a week now. Now it's only like a couple hours yeah. before, before the nervous. Yeah. So, uh, how do you like start up with Jiu-Jitsu? Like, uh, how did your journey start with this uh, with this beautiful art that we love so much? Well, it's kind of a, kind of a stupid, funny story, which I guess a lot of people probably get it that way. But, um, I had a friend tell me that, you know, he said, do you want to come train MMA? And I said, I have no clue what that is. And this is probably 2009, 2010. Um, you know, so I go to this basement of this, of this gym in town. I mean, our town's only 12,000 people. So, you know, they're downstairs and they're grappling. And I'm like, this is the dumbest stuff I've ever seen in my life. Like, why would anyone want to do this? Yeah. And I said, why are these guys laying on top of each other? And, uh, you know, so I said, look, like everybody else, I just want to do the striking. I don't want to do that part. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I, I got kind of into it and I started training a little bit and started understanding it a little more. Um, and then I went to Tokyo and uh, I saw, you know, some Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools there and how they were structured. And I thought, you know, that's really cool. And I mean, at this time, like, I had never really went outside my little community. So I said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to, I'm, I'm a white belt. Like, I have hardly any training, maybe six months training. And I'm going to open a gym. <laughs> so I, I decided to rent this spot in this little mall that we have. And, uh, and we open, you know, we open this school. And I just watch YouTube for like six hours a day. Hmm. And, uh. I have no clue what I'm doing, and I would. If anybody came to me and told me they want to do what I did, I would tell them they're stupid. <laughs> so, but you know, I put a lot of time into it, and about a year in, I met Keith Pedigo, and uh, and he was the real one that kind of like got me a little bit more on track. And I got outside of Effingham and and saw that there was really an entire, completely different world to it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, when was the year you were in Tokyo? What, what year um, was that? I want to say 2012. Mm. 2011, 2012, I went to Tokyo for a week and trained at Carpe Diem. 
um, which is really cool because I was a white belt. I had never put the gi on at that point. And, uh, I put the gi on in 2012. I mean, after I went to Carpe Diem, I had to wear a gi there. And then I actually started training in the gi in 2012. And, uh, you know, one of their students, Yoshi, came to America to go to uh, the University of Indiana. And I have a school in Terre Haute now. And he just showed up one day and he said, look, I saw you at Carpe Diem one day and, and I started following you. And I, you know, so I thought that was really cool that him and I were the same weight class and we we're, we're one rank away from each other. And, you know, he's actually become a really good training partner, you know, eight years later. And I never even had that connection or knew that connection. Mm. So I think that's probably one of the coolest things with jujitsu is you have no clue what's going to happen or who you're going to meet or where your journey is going to go or what you do right now might make a huge difference in five years. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. It's like, and you meet some amazing people on the on the road too. So someone has a bigger impact than others. So it's uh, it, that that's a wonderful thing with it. You know, you meet so many different people with different styles and uh, different stories. And uh, so it's, it's always fun, you know, to go to new places and train. It's always a good thing. I would say so. Um, yeah, you met Heath, and what happened after that? You met uh, Heath. Uh, you were a blue belt then, or you were a white belt uh, still? I was. I met Heath, and and he'll he'll tell you the story, and he laughs about it all the time. I had been training, you know, by just watching YouTube videos. Um, I had no clue what I'd, you know. I mean, we got the basics. We would watch the Tenth Planet in 2010 to 2012. You know that they were all over YouTube, yeah. and. Uh, so that's kind of what the what at that point I had been studying and uh, you know I went to Heath and he asked me what belt I thought I was and I told him I thought I was a purple belt and no one you know I had no instructor I'd never been ranked and uh, I just got completely murdered by all of his guys you know I'm, I'm just in this this is like three locations ago from where he's at right now it's it's a old theater that's kind of like the back side of it the garage opens up and there's just a bunch of people training in there and uh you know i just got my ass kicked and and he said you know what do you want to be and i said i don't really know what i want to do with the sport and he said do you want to be a world champion and i said well yeah and that you know in my mind i was thinking if i'm a world champion i can build my association i can build my academy um you know through tournaments and uh so he kind of painted the picture and and then from there it was like i was all in i mean i uh, i started traveling to mount vernon two to three times a week um you know i was running my academy five days a week and we we in the beginning were a mixture of you know stand up and ground and then from there i just kind of went to mostly all ground mm. i mean that was passion is you know i was doing five to six days a week about eight hours a day of training um, you know, three hours of, of footage reviews. And, and I got, once I started training with Heath, I went from white to blue in one year because I had basically, I like won the white belt pans, the white belt novice worlds, um, you know, the Chicago open, all that. And then got my blue belt, you know, and then it just got kind of crazy and time started to fly. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So, uh, but your academy, uh, was that like far away from Heath's uh, academy? It was like a couple of hours? Uh, my Effingham location's one hour from his. Hmm. All right. So, yeah, I'm in Effingham. He's in Mount Vernon. Um, you know, and I would travel like Wednesday mornings and Sunday afternoons for sure. All right. 
Alright, that's good. You, you still travel there or you, you mostly have your own academy so, now? In the last year, I've probably only been there four times. Oh, yeah. um, now, like, I have a three-year-old daughter. Um, I'm running the King of the Mat, and then I have my two other academies, my Effingham and Terre Haute. And, like, I know it's probably bitch-assness, I would say, but at the end of the day, like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and to go to Mount Vernon and get my ass kicked, I just don't know if I have the energy. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it takes one hour to drive, and has, and you got your own academy, so you probably got good guys to train with at your academy too. I, sp- I, uh, I believe so. You have so, yeah. Yeah, we've had, we've been we've been really lucky. Uh, my student right now, Tristan Overvig, had a lot of success. Um, you know, he's been doing very good. He's nine and one in the cage. He double golded at the uh, adult nogi pans this year. He, he uh, won his division, won the open weight. Uh, we promoted him to purple belt on the podium. So um, my student Sun Yoon, she just won the kids' pans and got promoted to orange belt. Um, you know, so we've had a really good year overall. I mean, my my other student Brandon Wells won the Masters one blue belt uh, nogi pans this year. So um, you know, we have a really cool group of guys in Effingham and Terre Haute, and uh, you know, we, we like to push each other. So you just go uh, like. All the way, right? Go. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, the, you know the PSF way is to grind hard. So. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know. I've, I've seen the, I've seen the series, and I also had Andrew on the podcast. I also had Alejandro on the podcast too. So, yes. uh, so yeah, super nice guys. Definitely, I I like those guys. You know, super inspirational to watch. And uh, now that I'm injured, so I can't train that much as I want to. But it's like when I keep watching them, it's like fuck. I got I, I can't complain too much. You know, the, those guys have a lot of injuries, but still yeah, when you still grind. Right? What? When you watch them, you get more injuries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like it, but it's like. Uh, at the same time it's like what am I complaining about it's just a little bit of knee injury but it's like those guys are training uh, no matter no matter if the the foot is broken or whatever it is you know they're still they're still just grind grind through and uh, yeah tape it up or like yeah or or train in another way it's a, doesn't matter how yep. they, they just do it yep that's like I just had my rib put back in place at the chiropractor today and I think I broke my big toe this weekend so oh shit yeah, it's it's always injury, you know. Jiu-jitsu is it's all it's always injury, you know. It's, it's not not as gentle as they say. They lie. The promotion video lied to me. Yeah, they lied to me too. <laughs> they really lied. So yeah, it's uh, it's a bunch of lies. Don't start jujitsu, guys. I'm joking. Start jujitsu. It's fun. <laughs> That's what I tell my students all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, man. So uh, you got your, uh, your black belt uh, with Andrew, right? Or you, or yeah, you, right. or you were the first? Uh, no, I was the third. Um, so Andrew got his black belt on the podium of the Nogi Worlds in 2000. Well, the end of 2019, um, right? The Nogi Worlds in December of 2019. Andrew got his on the podium. I won the Nogi Worlds um, the same year that he won it, and then Derek Featherston got his black belt from. Uh, Rodrigo Foggy and Heath Pedigo at Foggy BJJ, and then uh, and then two weeks later, like January twelfth, I got my black belt on the podium or uh, or from Heath at uh, his gym at my at my academy. So Heath and Rodrigo and a bunch of the guys showed up. 
um, and, and gave me my black belt at my academy and in front of my students, which is pretty cool. Nice. How long were you brown belt? Um, I want to say two years. Um, so because I, so at the my purple belt run was like my, which I feel is like my best success story. Uh, my purple belt, I won the worlds four times and I won the pants twice. Mm. Um, and blew out my back, my L5S1, at the end of my purple belt. So my first year at brown belt, my first run, um, I had I, I actually lost everything. I lost the worlds, I lost the pans. Um, you know, I would I would compete about one match and then I would feel like I was paralyzed. And uh, and then I did a stem cell surgery. And uh, you know, I'm not saying like it, it made me a hundred percent, but it made me able to roll. And then I made some adjustments kind of figured out what I could and couldn't do. I couldn't invert as much. And, uh, and you know, after those adjustments, I came back and I took third at the pans and then I won the Gi Worlds that year. And then I won the no Gi Worlds that year. Oh, that's impressive. So you just like, uh, you have to like change your jujitsu game for, uh, for the better, right? Yeah. So I couldn't play my guard as much as like, I was a very big guard player. Couldn't play guard as much, couldn't invert as much. Um, and I focused a lot more on top and, and not getting stacked. Um, and, and so when I stopped getting stacked as much, got more confident with my top, it, and the adjustments really made a difference. Yeah. Which guard did you play when you, before you, like, what happened you back? Were you, clo well, you close guard, I man? Mean, I mean, spider, well, I mean, I feel like close guard, my, I felt very confident in my close guard. And I've always said that if I got close guard that I will, I will sweep or, or submit someone. But nobody gives me close guard anymore. So, you know, once you get to like purple and brown belt, no one wants to go to the close guard. Now I noticed. So I, I've had to adjust that, but I would say like spider guard uh, and reverse Delahiva are probably my very strong points. Mm. Um, I, I really enjoy spider guard, the, the double grip spider guard, um, you know, not like playing the one leg lasso or anything like that, just a standard, um, you know, both feet on the sleeves. And then, and then setting up the reverse Delahiva and going under them. So, yeah, yeah, you you got a different style than I have. I'm I'm more of a half guard guy, deep half guard, like deep half guard knee so, shield. That that half guard scares that's the my shit style. Out of me. What? Half guard scares the shit out of me. Really? So, so I played half guard, you know, a handful of times, and every time I don't know if it's because I'm 140 pounds, but I feel like I'm always getting smashed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. But so. if, if you're not used to doing it, it's uh, it can be very grinding and horrible. But like for me, like I had to do it because I got some problems with my legs, so I couldn't couldn't play uh, I couldn't play close guard. So I would have to like adjust. And and uh, my first instructor told me like, oh, you can't play close guard. Use half guard, you know. And I got good at it, you know. So. Uh, so since then, I just play half guard, and uh, yeah, that's my strongest position. Down is like half guard, deep half guard or regular half guards. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what you play. If you play this style more than people play the defense, you can make it work. Yeah. I mean, is it Bernardo Faria that, I mean, he's a half guard player, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, and, and he's done very good at it. So, like, to me, there's no right or wrong. There's just whatever you want to do. You better do it more than the person's done the counter. Yeah. That's true, you know, and yeah, you got many guys who are successful in half guard, like uh, Bernardo and uh, Gordo. 
uh, Lucas Leitch is also very good and uh, Tom yeah. DeBlas and uh, yeah but my favorites like Lucas Leitch and uh, and Gordo and Jack McKenzie that's the guys that I like to watch it's, it's a lot of fun yeah some some good guys so uh, have you like any any tournaments uh, right now or are you just gonna relax a little bit uh, out the summer I wish I was gonna relax but I signed up for the Gee Pans Um, I signed up for the Noki Worlds. I signed up for the Master Worlds, and I signed up for the New Orleans Open. Oh shit! You got a lot of a uh, lot of things on your uh, <laughs> on your schedule. So yeah, and then you know, and then I just did the Orlando last weekend, and then I did the IBJJF India a few weeks before that, um, and then I did the Dallas Open, you know, a few weeks before that, and then uh, what was it? Uh, I think the Nogi Pans, yeah, right before that, like a month ago. Yeah, yeah. So you have been keeping yourself busy then. Yeah, I keep telling myself I need to retire, but I just think that I I don't listen to myself very well. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to say. You no, know, I like for, for me. I've competed for a long, long time since it's like we, we can travel, or it's not it's not smart to travel like from Norway to other places, you know, because uh, because of the like the the pandemic and all that shit. So it's like, it's uh, it's limited where we can go. So for me, I always competed in Brazil. That's my, that was my number one goal is like compete every year in Brazil, Abu Dhabi Grand Slam. How far, how far away is that? From Norway to Brazil? Yeah. 16 hours, 15, four, four, 14, 15, 16 hours with flight. Oh, wow. <laughs> so That's uh, a long time. Airplane. Yeah, but uh, I'm so used to it. I've been to Brazil like five times, so it's, uh, for me, it's no problem to do it. And I've been waiting a lot on airports and stuff, so I'm, I'm used to it to to do it. I'm uh, it's just like a routine for me to do it. So, uh, but it's fun, you know. It's always a lot of fun. Win or lose, it's always a lot of fun to like go to Brazil and compete. Yeah, so, you never been one to, of my goals. Yeah, you, you never been to Brazil, right? Nope, never been. I, I've over, I've only been to Tokyo. That's the only time I've ever been out of the country. And I we're talking about next year going and doing like the Tokyo Open or whatever they do over there. I think it's like a JB, whatever the IBJJF's like other tournament is. They do one in Tokyo. Yeah, they have. Uh, they have. I think they have like uh, Grand Slam in Tokyo too. Abu Dhabi Grand Slam Tokyo. I think they have that too. I think you're right. Yeah. So. Have you competed under that rule set before? Um, so Andrew and I did the Abu Dhabi trials twice. Um, we did it as white belts and blue belts. Mm. And uh, him and I, so we both won the adult division. This was back when I was still competing as an adult. Um, we we won the adult, both of us won the adult white belt divisions, and then we closed out the open weight. They actually did a white belt open weight back then. Really? And him and I open weight out together, which is kind of cool. And uh, and then we did the blue belt Abu Dhabi. So that one was in New York. We did the the trials in New York, and then we did the trials in California. Yeah. So, so how was it competing? And uh, what do you think of that? Like uh, that rule set compared to like the IBJF? Um, I don't I don't see a huge difference as far as like what it, what it makes my play style different. Um. Now, are you talking like the Abu Dhabi and the Gi, or are you talking ADCC? Uh, Abu Dhabi and the Gi. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like there's a huge difference whatsoever. The matches I are shorter. From, huh? The matches are shorter. It's six minutes. That's, okay, so yeah, well, for us, it was still that time at white blue belt. Yeah, 
I think everyone ex I oh. think I think everyone has six minutes in uh, no matter what belt you are. I think it's like six minutes. And uh, yeah, so I've never experienced the most I've ever done is an eight minute match when I did the brown belt adult Nashville. It's a long time. So, eight minute eight minutes is a long time. Yeah, I don't I don't have any desire to do a ten minute match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How the masters? How long? How many minutes are the masters? So they're five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah, it's more than enough. Yeah. Which is weird because when I was a brown belt, the masters was six minutes. But when I became a black belt, it went to five minutes. Why is that? That's just a little bit weird. It's just... I have no idea. It's the weirdest thing in the world. But from purple and brown, my matches were six minutes. Yeah. And then when I went black belt, they became five minutes. That's weird. But I'm not complaining. No, you shouldn't. It's <laughs> it's good. It's good to like uh, five minutes is good. You know, it's uh, you. You get time to like do stuff. When it's like ten minutes, it's many people just stall for ten minutes. It's not it's not, it's not no fun to like go with the guys who stalls. But you, yeah, it's that's, no fun. That's but. why I, my tournament. So so the king of the mat that I'm trying to grow, the the rounds are two minutes. Two minutes. You got two minutes. That's it. So let's say you have thirty people in a division, right? Yeah. All, all thirty people are on the mat at one time, like an open mat. You find a partner. You go for two minutes. If you get subbed, you're out. If you don't get subbed, you find a new partner. Last person standing wins the money. Damn, damn, I uh, damn, I could could, uh, could I would like to, to to try that sometimes. Try to compete at that. That would be fun. Yeah. So it, to me, it's kind of neat because you get a lot of you don't get screwed by a ref. You're not like oh I lost by a ref decision or I lost by a point. Like the only way to lose is to get tapped. Yeah. So. If you're fighting someone better than you, then you got to work on your defense. You know, you got to be on, you know, making sure you don't get subbed for two minutes. But if you, you know, you feel like you're better than the guy, then you can go on the offense for two minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's it's just last person standing. I mean, it's two minute rounds. So. Well, where do you get the inspiration from doing that? Well, you know, a lot of schools do like a uh, king of the mat at their schools. Is right? that like is, is that like old school stuff or? Huh? Is that like the old school rule rule set or uh, what is it? Like, is it like an old school rules rule set or is it just like something you just came up with? Well, I mean, so so like our our PSF at the end of class a lot of times will like do a king of the mat type thing where like everybody's in and then the last person standing's the king of the mat. Like, and I've been to a couple academies that they do that. So then I tried to turn it into a tournament. So it's two minute rounds with tw uh, 30 second rests. For no gi, we go off ADCC rules. For mm. the gi, we go off IBJJF rules. Um, so you know, it's it's the no gi. The no gi's one get it gets wild. You know, yeah. like when you got all the submissions and you got 30 guys in the mat at one time. Like the last time we had one, we had 30 people, and by round three, only eight were left. Damn. So. You know, you're talking what twenty submissions in the first three rounds. That's good. So, so I mean, it's it, it can get really exciting sometimes. Yeah, it's not it's not the regular boring IBJF matches. Not not everyone's boring. It's boring, of course, but many is like very boring. They just lie there, don't do, they don't engage. Well, or sure. yeah, you've been to the IBJF tournaments more than I. Format, you're not watching one match. Like you know, you go to a super fight. 
or you go to IBJJF, and if if the match is going or boring, then you just gotta sit there. Yeah. But like here, you know, you got ten matches going on at one time. There's for two minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so like every round is an entire new experience, and it's it's you know, if you don't like watching that person, you can watch someone else. Yeah. So, yeah, sounds fun. But how's the gi matches when you do when you do that format? Uh, they're still not bad. You see some stalling, especially in the later rounds. You know, because I've had I've had divisions go 30 to 50 rounds. You know, so someone doing 30 to 52 minute rounds. You know, you're an hour to an hour and a half in. Um, you know, it's it's now it comes down to how much do you want it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, pe- people that have been there for a while, they're like gets very tired because it's like probably very high intensity on the rounds, right? It's very yeah, high intensity. Yeah, yeah. You see those people that try to figure it out. You see the people that just try to like not do anything for the first 10 rounds and see if they can like save their energy for the later rounds. Um, and then you see the people that like just try to go after and tap everybody out in the first couple rounds. Yeah. So, and I can't tell you what the right strategy is because I've seen both of them work. You know, yeah. I've seen people conserve energy and it worked, but I've seen people conserve energy, but then somebody else overwhelms them and then they waste that energy. So I, I can't tell you what the right formula is. Yeah, you gotta figure out what's your uh, what's your thing and what works for you and what doesn't work for you, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So uh, are you competing at the ADC? You gonna try qualify for the ADCC in uh, next year or? Uh, so yeah, it's in New Jersey this year, right? In November, I think. Is or it this year or is it next year? Uh, it's this year. The 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 trials, the ADCC trials, are supposed to be in New Jersey this year. Oh, okay. I, I thought you meant the the official ADCC, the one with the super fights. That's that's not until next year, right? Correct. Yeah, next year's the ADCC. The trials to get in are this year. Hmm. Uh, in New Jersey, and my student Tristan and I, we're gonna drive over there and, and just be part of it. Yeah. So I don't. I don't have any. You know, I have no clue how I'll do, but I might as well give it a shot. You know. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Right. Maybe. Uh, I tell him that even if we don't win it, all you need to do is beat one big name to get a uh, a good highlight reel. Yeah, that's true. You saw what happened. Many guys who uh, went to trials and just beat beat one good guy or one big name, and their the name is settled. You know. So uh, yep. yeah. Which weight class? Uh, mine would be the is I think it's 145. That's uh, how many kilos? I don't know. I gotta do that. 68 maybe. I don't know. 68 or 66, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's then, something. Uh, like my guess would be the biggest. Yeah. Whatever the big one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. You know, it's um, I think I saw the trials. Uh, I think it was two years ago. It was a lot of fun. Uh, fun with the trials they they had. With um, I, I think Josh Inger won uh, won the trials and some other I I don't remember quite quite the other guys who won the trials but many many good guys were there and I think it was a lot of fun matches after what I remember it's, I think it's two years ago now so don't remember too much. Yep, I know. I think I know which one you're talking about. I think that was the one in Miami or somewhere down in Florida. Yeah, I think it was that one. I think it was that one. I think it, I think it was that one. They were. Uh, I think it was stacked, you know, it was a lot of good guys who was there, so... Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, to win it, to win it is impressive in itself, because the divisions are stacked. Yeah, like, I, I think it's like, 
winning the trials is like super hard, I believe. I uh... yeah, sixty people in the divisions. Hmm. I think there's sixty people in the division. Oh shit! Uh, you have to go through a lot of guys to win, and it's uh, yeah, it's tough, you know. And then you have to, you have the official uh, with the big one with the super fights and everything, and that's also very hard. So it's not it's not easy to get in there. Right. So you gotta you gotta work a lot to like get get in. I I, I never trial or anything for the ACC. I got no uh, no intentions of doing that. I'm a gi man. I, I I like to train more in the gi than no gi. So I got no in no interest of doing in the trials. But uh, I love to watch. I think it's fun, you know, to watch which uh, which up and comer is fun to watch. I think it's always fun to watch the the underdog guys. It's always fun. So I'm rooting for you, man. If you if you go. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. I need all I need all the help I can get for sure at 37 yeah. years old. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, sure. You gotta do well, man. I'm, I hope I, I hope so. And I think it's gonna be fun, you know. See what's gonna happen. So you and your student going down and just uh, see see what's gonna happen, right? Yep, that's that's our plan. Is uh, is you know get signed up and, and just give it a shot. You know, like I told I he I mean. He's a candidate to do some really. He reminds me a lot of like Nicky Rod right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, very explosive, very aggressive, very you know, I mean, a very good style, very hard to submit. Um, you know, a lot of heart, doesn't quit on himself at all, um, and and constantly moves forward. So um, he won my King of the Mat. I had two King of the Mats, and he won both the divisions. He did seventy-five rounds in one day. Oh. And and won both divisions. So, you know, he's just, even though he's a purple belt, I mean, he's, I've watched him just completely destroy black belts, so. Shit, that's, that's good. Is he a big guy? Yeah, 235. Oh, damn. So he's like, he's tall and he's very like. Yeah, he's 235 and I watch him cartwheel pass, he'll cartwheel, like he'll chain cartwheel passing together, like he'll do four cartwheels until you just get annoyed. Oh, so. Damn, yeah. Seems like it's going to be a problem in the trials then. Yep. Nicky Ryan. So I, hmm? I hope he does good, you know. Yeah. It's, it's been, been, he's been with me since 13, so it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And now he's, uh, how old is he now? He's 20, I think he's 21 or 22 now. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's going to be so, fun to watch, you know. Uh, still young and hungry, still, still very young and hungry and all that. So it's... Uh, can't be better than that, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wish I was young. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm uh, I'm 32, so uh, I'm uh, not that I'm, I'm not that that young either. So yeah, the gray hair is starting to coming. So yeah. So uh, I used to ask this question for uh, for everyone, almost everyone I have on my podcast. So w- what would your advice be to a guy who wants to try jujitsu but is very unsure and? Uh, yeah, probably afraid of walking to the academy to get probably or get afraid to get smashed or whatever reason it, it may be. What would your advice be to yeah a guy who's never tried jiu-jitsu but or yeah afraid to uh, to try because he's right he's afraid. What would your advice be? I, I would tell him not to show up. No, I'm just kidding. Jiu-jitsu, <laughs> 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 the shit sucks. Yeah. Um, no, you know, jiu-jitsu is a hard thing. It, it really is. It's a, uh, I tell everyone, the first six months is the hardest part, um, you know, because you're you're out in the ocean and you're trying to learn to swim and, and everybody else is, you know, they're, they're sailing around. So 
it, it's a very frustrating sport when you when you start. And uh, you know, I guess as far as what advice I would give someone, I, I would tell them to take it at their own pace. And I try to tell all my students that, like, come in the academy, sit on the wall, watch other people do it, watch YouTube. Um, you know, jump in on the drills, jump in if if you don't want to live roll, don't live roll. Um, you know, if you're if you're stuck in a position that you don't understand, tap, and uh, you know, have the whoever you're rolling with ask them what you should do in that position, um, because that first six months is very crucial. You know, I mean, some people are athletic, some people naturally just have a good aggressiveness, and then some people have no aggressiveness, or they're not in shape, or they're not, you know, or they they have some type of injury or whatever, but. I really think that everyone's journey is different and it's just about moving forward, right? So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether somebody's moving forward at 100 miles per hour or, you know, it's the, the tortoise and the hare story. You know, like, clearly if you do it right, I promise you will be one of the last people standing and you'll still be in it. But if you do it wrong, you're going to be like the tortoise, the tortoise and you're going to, you know, you're going to probably fall behind eventually. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what the right answer for that person is but I, I definitely would say to take it at their own pace and not try to get too caught up too quickly and then burn out too quickly yeah yeah many guys burn out very quick very quickly and stuff so it's uh yeah and it's a very, very frustrating sport like you said i've known that myself is so many times i like come from training and doubt myself fuck well Am I really a fucking blue belt? Or am I really a purple belt? It's like, I'm really doubting myself. Like, do I really deserve to be this? This guy fucking whooped me, you know? But everyone has good days and bad days, you know? Yes. Yeah, for sure. That's the biggest thing. There's days that I feel like I'm a superhero. And there's days that I feel like I'm nobody. Like, I, I just literally started. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot. There's just a lot to it. Because it's not just jujitsu. It's when you're on the mats, it's, you're not doing just jujitsu. You have your family, and you have your job, and you have your body, and you have your diet, and all of those things can make a completely different scenario every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you have problems at your job. You know, you can think, "Well, I'll go to class, and I'm just going to beat everyone up," but you don't realize, you know, those little more inner issues that are bothering you that wear your cardio out, or you know, make you make stupid movements because you're not thinking correctly. Um, You know, so I mean, jujitsu ties into everything more than we really think about it. You know, it really it it helps and hurts in so many different ways. Um, you know, because some days it's the greatest stress relief. Some days it is that getting away from the family and getting away from the crying baby and you know getting to hang out with some of your friends and and get some you know waste some energy. But there's other things that you know we don't understand how much it weighs on us from day to day. And, and how much it affects us more than we even see it when we're on the mats. Yeah, I totally agree. That that was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's a very grinding sport, and it's like uh, you have to be patient. You know, very patient to just so you can't like expect to be the best guard passer uh, in a year. You know, it takes a lot of work. Just an example. Yeah, right? you you get one. Only guard passing. I've spent the last three years only playing top and guard passing. So. Yeah, still feel it's it's uh, it's <clears throat> every time it's uh, it's always something new to work on. It's, it's always a detail. It's always another grip. It's no matter what it is. It's uh, it's always something new. 
details, grips, whatever, you know, it's, it's always something new to learn. So it's like, uh, that's the fun of it, you know, you never, you never get like, uh, you can never learn too much jujitsu, never. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I did my last King of the Mat and uh, I had Caleb uh, McAllister, he came from Virginia, he won both the Nogi divisions, never heard of the guy, he just showed up and, uh, you know, he said I, he only competes for money. And uh, so he won about $800 at my King of the Mat. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't even break a sweat rolling with everyone. His cardio was incredible. So I had to roll with him because, you know, I was like, I want to I wanna experience this guy. And I think that's kind of cool. You know, I'm, I'm the owner of King of the Mat. And I don't think a lot of owners would go roll with, you know, somebody that just won their tournament. And, uh, you know, so the next day he came to a seminar and... Uh, Heba Manuel, he was doing the seminar. He came for King of the Mat to kind of support it. And uh, Anthony, we hosted it at his school, White House MMA in Orlando, Florida. And uh, it was just really cool to have all those guys sitting there sharing their knowledge, you know, both good black belts. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here like, I feel like I'm a white belt, you know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. But that's the mindset that I always want to keep. I don't want to think that I'm a black belt. I want to you know, learn from everyone. I mean, last week, Cole, Cole Abate, you know, he's the top juvenile blue belt coming up right now. And, uh, he was there and, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here listening to 16 year old thinking I'm learning from this 16 year old blue belt. You know, I mean, it's, it's cool that you can learn from everyone as long as you keep your ego out of it and you do it the right way. Yeah, that's true. I totally agree on that. Yeah, many people have a lot of egos, including myself. I always have some egos at some points. You always have some ego, right? Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so always at some points, you just have to like, uh, at some points, you just have to like keep an open mind, just learning from whatever, you know. It's uh, it's, it's always good to learn from uh, from someone else who has a different style or uh, like plays a different game than you. And uh, it's always good, no matter what, you know. It's, it's always good to like learn learn from anybody, so... Yeah, I think it's always always fun to learn to learn from some, from uh, from somebody. So yeah. So uh, what what do you uh, are, did you start with jiu jitsu first, or did you do some uh, some other uh, martial arts before you started with jiu jitsu? Were you like a wrestler or something? Do you have a wrestling background? Well, I, I wish I wish I wrestled. I only wrestled for about six months. Um, I wrestled with Mike French, who he was in the WEC, fought Miguel Torres to a decision mm. way back in the day. Um, He's like 45 now and, and one of the most stubborn, strongest old men I've ever met. But, uh, you know, I would go down like in the mornings and I would wrestle with him for a while. And he runs a wrestling program in Mattoon, Illinois. And uh, that was the only wrestling I ever did. I mean, I didn't start jiu-jitsu. I didn't start any grappling or anything until 29 years old. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I wish. I, I just didn't, I didn't know back then that this is the, the way that I would go. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of neat. I, I feel I don't feel like I'm a great wrestler, but I feel confident enough now that I can use my wrestling if I need to. Um, typically, I use my wrestling in about the last minute of the match if I'm not getting where I want to get. Um, you know, and then I'll start taking my shots a lot of times. You know, from the guard. That's good. Do you use so that, that kind of won me the nogi pants at black belt? Um, you know, the the finals guy wouldn't engage me. And uh, he, he wouldn't engage my guard and, you know, he was Brazilian, so they weren't giving him 
any penalties. So finally, in the last 30 seconds, uh, I shot up the single leg and ran him out of bounds to win the match. So that's good, you know. So they did. They didn't get, give him no uh, no. Um, what do you say? No points. No penalties. No penalties. Ah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know, I mean, he wouldn't engage my guard. He wouldn't come forward at all. And uh, you know, I just kept scooting to him, and it was like, all right, and that's. I've ran into that twice now, where the people won't engage the guard, but then they also won't get penalized. So, you know, then it's 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 kind of against. It's kind of a silly rule if you're not going to play the rules correctly. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a bit weird. You know, many many of the guys won't like engage or nothing. They're like uh, just stand there, and wait for the other guy to do something, or yeah, they're. Uh, Some ways the rules are like very weird, you know. They, um, yep. they they use the rules for their advantage, you know. If they win uh, for one advantage, they're like super happy, you know. I I wouldn't be that, you know. I, I, I for me, I wouldn't submit the guy or like try try to get good positions or almost get submissions or yeah, whatever. Not like win by one advantage is ah, not too exciting. Yeah. Not too exciting way to go, to be honest. So so, so yeah. So uh, you, you should get over to Europe uh, one time, train with us. Yeah. I, uh, that is one of my goals for sure. Is I want to compete in Europe sometime for sure. How far are you away from like the IBJJFs over there? It really depends which one you're thinking about. There's a lot, lots of uh, IBJFs there. You have the okay. Ro you have the Rome Opens. You have the Europeans. Europeans is like two three hours away. With uh, if you take oh, okay. if, if you catch the flight, or you can go to Rome, or you can go to Paris, Berlin. Every one of the major big cities in Europe has IBJF. Amsterdam Open, yeah, everyone. I, I heard Amsterdam's a good time. Yeah, I never been there. I never been there. So, uh, so, uh, but. It, They say so. They say that Amsterdam is good. Berlin is very beautiful too. So uh, I've I never competed. I, I've I've only competed at IBJF once, I think, and that was in Rio. And I also competed uh, a lot in Sweden. Sweden has good tournaments, but they don't yeah, have. So we'll have to come over time and, and visit, and uh, you know, and then compete sometime in the future, hopefully. Yeah, you should just wait until this uh, until we can travel again because now everyone gets vaccinated and it's getting a little bit better. So uh, things are starting to open up a little bit. It's not like like it was one year ago. It was terrible, you know, for everyone. Right. So uh, yeah, but uh, try to get over some time and compete and visit. And if you have time, come to Norway and visit us too. Love to have you have you over and uh, yeah maybe uh, teach a seminar or uh, take a class or yeah. We'll be I'm open-minded to whatever you guys want to do. So yeah yeah sure, will be fun man. It's, it's always fun with visitors who has a different views than uh, than uh, than uh, than the people you train with. You know it's always good with some 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 other views and uh, yeah it's it's always good anyway. You know tra training at different places is always good no matter how you. How you look at? Uh, you can you could be the best guy in the room and go somewhere else and still lose because you've gotten used to your environment. Mm. And if you're getting your environment and you're not shocking yourself, you're never gonna really probably be ready. Yeah, that's true. Because like many, uh, I don't know if 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 it's so normal now at these times, but I think it was some schools have it. But if you go to another school, you. Uh, 
they don't like that. Many many school owners don't like that because you go to another school and train and stuff like that. They, some still have have uh, that mentality. I I don't agree on that. You know. There's a school here in, in Terre Haute that's exactly their way. They don't let their students train anywhere. They don't let any cross training. Um, you know, it's a very close-minded environment. And we've actually had a lot of the students switch over to us because, you know, we say train wherever you want. If you learn something, bring it back. And let's try to add that to our game. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, the students there, they, they are not allowed to train everywhere. It's like very secret uh, society, seems like it. Yep, that's, yeah, the, the school across town, very close-minded, very, you know, one-dimensional, and, uh, you know, it's funny, they're mad at us because their students keep coming and joining us, but it's it's not our fault, like, you know, you charge $160 a month, and you, you control your students and don't let them train, you know, I mean, people, you know, to me, as an instructor and a gym owner, I, I don't control my students, you know, essentially my students control me, you know, my students pay me, my students, I work for them, you know, like, so yeah. if I'm sitting here trying to control them and manipulate them, um, I don't think that's the right way. I think that my job is to try to unlock their full potential and allow them to, to go whatever direction they want to go in life. Yeah, yeah, like being uh, like the... Tribalism uh, way—it's—it's it's no good, you know, and uh, doesn't come anything good good from it, you know. When you can't go to another another place across channel with another team, it's—it doesn't—it uh, it doesn't evolve your jiu-jitsu at all, you know. You get you, you get used to the same, like you said, you get used to the same environment, and uh, when uh, you first go to a tournament, like fuck, you know, uh, I got my ass kicked, you know, so. Right. So it's uh, it's not healthy, you know. I I think it's just stupid, you know. Train everywhere, learn from everyone. That's my mentality or my philosophy. Train everywhere, learn from everyone. It's it's good, you know. It's the best thing there is. My student was checking on me, make sure I was okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's good. But yeah, it's a it's good to know that if, that if people has like it's, it's so open mind, so open minded. Like before, it was not like that. Before it was like you were Creole if you go to another gym and train, and you heard about that, right? Like yeah, back, yeah. Like back in the day, like uh, with the calls and crazy stuff, and uh, yeah, you're not supposed to go anywhere other places to train than here. And if you go there, you 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 can forget coming back to my gym, and it's like ah no, train everywhere. Yeah. What What are your your views on um, on on uh, on schools that have like uh, the gi policy? On what? On like what? Uh, the gi policy, kimono policy. Like what? Right. What? What? What policy? Like the white geese? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I never really. So, to me, I never cared. I didn't care what gi you wore. I didn't care what color it was. I didn't care if it was camo or pink or whatever. To me, just train and get better and do whatever you want. Like that. That was kind of always my mentality. But mm-hmm. you know, as I get older and I get more structure added to my academy. I, I understand, I guess, a little bit of the professionalism. You know, like when you look at Arda Jiu-Jitsu and you look at their white geese and you look at their academy and you look at their structure, um, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. So I, I, I guess I'm 50-50 on it, you know. Like I really believe um, 
that it's your journey and you should be able to wear whatever you want. You should be able to train with whoever you want. And, and, you know, just at the end of the day, be respectful to each other and be respectful to, you know, the instructor and, and your students mm-hmm. and, uh, and go with that. But, but at the other time, I, I really think that we're, we're becoming part of something, you know, jiu-jitsu is a growing sport and it helps you in life. Um, it helps you with weight loss. It helps you. It's, it's a really cool journey and it's a really cool group that you get to bond with these people and spend time with them. Um, you know, like right now we're adding a new system of attendance, you know, where people will show up and they'll have an ID card and they'll log into the system and that'll track their attendance and it'll give them a grade for the day. It'll give them points, um, depending if they focused in class or didn't focus. Uh, there'll be like a system that if you compete, you get a certain amount of points. If you are like a student of the month or you progress the most, you'll get so many points. Um, and that'll kind of all attribute to how you get promoted. Um, but like, I think that structure and that makes you feel like you're kind of part of something and it makes you feel like you're working together and building something instead of just like showing up and not having any real structure or organization. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it's like, uh, like you said, on the gi policy, it, it looks nice and it's very structured and all that. But for me, it's like, I'm, um, I agree with you, you know, Trey, it's your journey, journey, wear whatever, whatever kimono you want, you know, it's, uh, doesn't matter, you know, it's your journey and you do your thing. You don't need to like be obligated to wear a white gi or only a blue gi or yeah, whatever, wear what, wear what makes, uh, makes you comfortable, you know, that's, but yeah. That was a new one, the thing that you told me about the system and grades and stuff. I never heard about that before. That's that's completely new system for me. I never heard of, heard of yeah. that before. Fuji Pro Shop, FujiProShop.com. Um, you know, I've been talking with the owner, Vince. He created it. And uh, it's it's been a pretty cool, I mean, it's, it's still very new. Um, we're starting to get all the students added to it, but it'll have a little kiosk. They'll have a badge. Um, the badge thing that I'm, I'm adding that part myself and uh, it, it just is kind of neat. It, it's going to make people feel like they're part of something, but also the parents can go log into it and kind of see what their kids are doing. Okay, you know, Timmy did 23 classes. Timmy's coming up on a stripe. Timmy got, you know, A's this day, but two of the days he got a C or something, and there's notes in there kind of explaining why, you know, how he acted or something. Mm, okay, yeah, makes, it, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, that that was a new thing for me. I'm not uh, never heard of that, but yeah, interesting, Inter- interesting stuff. Very interesting. Something something new. It's, it's always fun to test something new, right? Yeah, we're just trying to get a little bit more structure, a little bit more uh, professionalism, especially for the kids. Yeah, I think not so much for the adults because um, they're a little bit easier to to deal with, um, but the kids. I feel like need structure and I feel like they want to feel like they're part of something. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree. How big is your school, by the way? How many uh, students do you have right now? Um, I think we're sitting around 165. That's good. Um, between Effingham and Terre Haute. Terre Haute's still a couple years old. Effingham is nine years old. Terre Haute's two years old. Um, you know, so I, I, when I tracked it the other day, it was somewhere between 160 to 170 students. So you've been to the same place all the time, like the same location all the time since you opened a school? or uh, I So we started in the mall in Effingham, uh, and then I bought a building 
down the street. So we own the building in Effingham, mm. and it's it's a really I mean it's changed a lot. You know, we've we've remodeled it about three times now, and finally got it to the point where you know I feel like it looks very professional. Um, and then Terre Haute right now we're just kind of in a like a warehouse. Uh, it doesn't have any heat. It doesn't have any air. Old school. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's neat. We have about twenty or thirty adults on the on the mats every night, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday, and uh, it, it works out. But you know, we're trying to find a building that we can kind of call our own. It's just right now, real estate's like out of control in, in America. So yeah, it's expensive and. Uh... The prices are high. Is is that's the problem? Is is because they're very expensive, right? Yeah, yeah. Inflation has gone up really bad with COVID. Everything's up about three hundred percent. So it's just not a smart time to buy right now. Mm, yeah. yeah we'll wait until the time gets better. So maybe maybe we'll get a better building or uh, probably maybe even rent something or yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Hope it's going to be yeah. better. So yeah, I'm definitely going to try to visit if I if I travel to America again sometime. I'm going to try to visit, try to visit your gym at yeah. some point. Time you can fly into Chicago or St. Louis, and uh, we can probably come pick you up or something. And you know you can visit, stay, or hang out as much as you like. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Sure. Invitation is open here to Norway too. You know, it's no problem. You can, uh, it's no problem. We'll pick you up in the airport and uh, yeah, treat treat each as our guest and show you around uh, different places in Norway so yeah w- welcome anytime man I'm trying to get my wife to travel outside the country she's scared to fly that long so oh really <laughs> I told her I said she's got to go to Tokyo next year and she's not looking forward to that oh yeah that's a long flight too right how long is it yeah like four, 14 hours 14 yeah uh, it's same, same as from Norway to Brazil it's, it's almost the same it's almost the same so yeah it's uh it's a long flight, but it's worth it when you get there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the flight, ugh, I, for me, it's like I got problems sleeping uh, Sleeping when I'm on a flight. I can't sleep. It's uh, I'm the same thing with driving. Driving or flying, I can't ever sleep, so I just drive or fly the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, man. It's like, it's uh, it's horrible, to be honest. It's horrible because, because you get so tired and then you get... Um, Oh, the jet lag compared to the uh, the jet lag too. So it's like, oh, it's uh, it's terrible. It's super terrible. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I drove all the way. I drive at night because I'm a three year old. Yeah. So I drive. I leave at like nine o'clock at night, and then I drive all through the night so that she sleeps. And uh, and then I got to Florida. I cut ten pounds. I competed in the Orlando Open that afternoon. So it was it was a rough time. Oh, was it? Sounds uh, sounds rough. Very rough. You know, drive at night. Oof. So uh, yeah, yeah. Oof. Damn. Anyway, man, we have fifty four minutes here. I was I was thinking like we were only need thirty, but we have fifty four minutes here. So uh, is there anything more you want to add or? No, I think that's good. I probably should go start class. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you up anymore. So, uh, Chad, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, we finally got to meet up and do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was about time. We've been talking about it for, for a while. But like you said, July has been crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. No problem. I'll put it out and tag you so uh, you can share it on your on your Instagram page or uh, and the Academy and stuff. So, yeah. Cool. I'll do so. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. See you. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye.